0: What a beautiful picture, hey. The silent night. I don't know if it was so silent with a newborn baby. I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure who you identify with in this Christmas story. I think I definitely identify with those shepherds a little bit, not knowing quite what to expect. But this this day today on Christmas, we all kind of get to look in that manger. And who is, who is baby Jesus? Who are we going to see? Who is Jesus to us? And I know personally that Jesus is one that brings joy. And that's what we're focusing on today, especially at the end of 2020, um, a year that's been a struggle. I think for almost every person, it's been a struggle. And yet joy is something that's not determined by our circumstances. Joy is something that comes from God. It's a gift And so, yeah, we, we really pray that joy would be something you experience, even right now, um, for the rest of this service. We are very aware that there are many people who will not experience joy right now, who are really struggling. Um, and we want to just present an opportunity to you to share some joy, um, an opportunity to give Always at our Christmas offering, we invite people to be incredibly generous because we don't keep any of the offering today. It goes to people who are in need, to widows, to people in our own communities, to people who are really struggling financially, to people who need a little bit of support. And so I want to invite you today to give and to give generously, to give as an act of receiving joy and giving joy. And so right now, wherever you are, you can, you can give. You can do that right now. Um, if you do, if you can just, um, you can use Zappa or you can do an EFT or whatever it is, if you can just make the reference Christmas offering and then we will make sure that that all gets given away. Let's take a moment to pray right now. God, we wanna thank you for Christmas, for your birthday. We wanna thank you for that time when joy became possible regardless of our circumstances. And I wanna pray especially for people right now who are not experiencing joy, or joy is an incredible struggle. God, may you be very close to them, wherever they are, wherever they are sitting, even right now, may they experience you and the peace that you bring and the joy that you can put into their hearts. And God, thank you for the opportunity that we can share with others, that we can, through our generosity, just bring a little bit of relief into some very dire circumstances. We thank you, God, that everything we have is a gift from you and that we can give freely. In Jesus' name, amen. Just now, we met this incredibly famous boy band, um, the Black Sheep Boys, uh, I was very impressed by them. I'm actually a bit starstruck myself. Um, but I figured that seeing as we've got them in the house, we might as well find out a little bit more what that experience was like. I mean, we've, we've, we've got a first-hand firsthand encounter, encounter right here. And so I'm going to hand over to the Black Sheep Boys. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Debbie. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I can imagine that as you saw us moving up front here, in perfect sync and with such grace and finesse that you you probably would find it hard to believe that we haven't always been a successful boys band. Um, you know, to the untrained, ah, this this looks like that it comes very naturally, but we've put in the hours, we've worked worked hard. But the truth is we haven't always had, the fast chariots or the trendy clothes. I actually do remember, in all honesty, those, those days many years ago, long before we became famous, when things were much, much harder. By far, the thing I felt the most during those early years was a sense of shame You have to understand it was shameful, nothing less than shameful in those days to be a shepherd. And shame is a horrible thing, isn't it? Shame is when you're embarrassed about yourself, but you can't really change yourself. So wherever you go, the shame follows you, and whatever you're doing, the shame is is there with you. You see, people have hated shepherds for hundreds of years. It all started when we we moved many, our, our people moved many generations ago to Egypt. You might have heard the stories. And the thing about Egypt, you must remember, is that they were mostly a farming community in a very different way than what we do farming. See, they got their food by planting their fields, And their crops, their fruit, their wheat, their bananas, all next to the Nile River. And that's how they survived. We, on the other hand, us, our people, we farmed in a different way. We had flocks. Every now and then, as I'm sure you can imagine, our sheep and our goats would wander into their fields. I mean, our our sheep never knew the difference between food they can eat and the, the orchards full of fruit. They didn't know that they weren't allowed to eat those things. And if that had happened only one time, if our our flocks only entered the field one time, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. But sheep are, let's be honest, really, really dumb. And so they would return to those juicy fields, they never forgot them. They returned to them again and again and again, and every time it happened, the shepherds, who were doing our best to look after the sheep, were hated more and more and more every time they stepped into those orchards. Even Joseph, if you remember Joseph, one one of us who became second only to the king of Je- uh, of Egypt. He was one of ours. He even said, I don't know if you remember, Genesis 46, verse 33. It said, every shepherd is detestable to the Egyptians. He said it out loud. And so even our own people, people that weren't shepherds in our community, they started to be embarrassed by us. Our clothes, our way of life our smell. I mean, when you live in the fields with sheep all day, you can imagine how we smell. And they started to laugh and point fingers at us. And a bunch of things started to happen that they were just plain horrible. Did you know that it became a law that no one should ever feel that they had to help a shepherd who had fallen into a pit? That was a law. What kind of a law is that? We couldn't play any role in the court because people said we shepherds lied too much so we couldn't become a, a judge or a witness or a lawyer, anything like that. People weren't allowed to buy wool or milk or a baby sheep or goat from a shepherd ever because they just assumed that we would have stolen it from somewhere. Horrible things. Even the rabbis Started to ask how because the shepherds were supposedly so horrible that one could describe God by using the word shepherd like it is in Psalm 23. Make no mistake, we were hated. People were happy if we were just left out in the fields, neither seen nor heard. We were hated. We were hated. We were outcasts in society. And so, although we try to put on a brave face most of the time, most of the time, in fact, we were. Just ashamed. Shame to be in public. Shame to be seen. And I don't want to be too hard on people because I guess all of us are unfortunately good at some level at writing off people unfairly. But then one not? all of this changed. I guess you'll never really be able to imagine it unless you were there. But an angel came to us, just one, and then then a whole bunch of angels. And they met us in the field one night, one dark night, and at first it was frightening, to say the least. I bet you can imagine that, until they started to speak. And they invited us. God invited us, the shepherds, the smelly ones, the outcasts, the unimportant people in society. God invited us to an event that was bigger than any other historical event ever, the birth of his little boy, Jesus. I was standing there. Just after he was born. I can't remember which angel said it, but he said it was good for news for everyone. And I, and I dared to believe that to be true that this little baby was good news for everyone because I was standing there. Me and my friends were there, even the shepherds. So, somewhere during that night, that, that crazy, incredible night, a miracle happened. And I realized that as I stood next to this little baby, and I'll let one of the other shepherds tell you about what that actually was like, but, but I realized that I don't need to feel shame anymore. God had taken this moment and made somebody and something out of nobody. As I stood there in my smelly and dirty and rough clothes, feeling hated, feeling awkward, as I stood there, the birth of this little, boy, this little boy was good news for everyone, even those that feel least important. Someone wrote about this moment many, many centuries later. Listen to what they said. They said, what an offense to the religious leaders who were so conspicuously absent from the divine mailing list to this event. Even from birth, Christ moved amongst the lowly. It was the sinners and not the self-righteous that He came to save. Mark 2 verse 17 says, The proud religionists of Jesus' day, let's be honest, they've faded into nothing. But the shepherd figure is once again elevated in church life as pastors, which is just another word for shepherds of the flock. That humble figure, and I've got to say, I can't imagine myself being a humble figure, but that humble figure of a shepherd was almost immortalized immortalized by the Lord Jesus when when He said, He said to to everyone, I'm the good shepherd. Christ is also the great shepherd or the chief shepherd. And so no other illustration so incredibly pictures his tender care and his guarding hand. He made a picture out of us shepherds that was meaningful and beautiful. So Folk. As we, as we look on a nativity scene, that little picture of, of the baby and you know, Mary and so on, and smile at those plain, dirty shepherds, let's not lose sight of the incredible irony of that moment. A handful of shepherds, marginalized and shunned by the social and religious world, both the social and religious world, were the ones that were chosen to break the silence of centuries. Centuries announcing the Messiah's birth. It was an incredible night, one I'll never forget. Peral, can you remember that night? <laughs> what do you remember, bud?
2: Yes, Rick, I, I remember quite a bit about that night, actually. And um, when, when people think of us now, they think angelic voices, They think impeccable dance moves. They think there's absolutely nothing lame about the black sheep boys. They are cool on another level. They see the fame and the fortune, and they see our bodyguards, but they forget that before all of this, we were just shepherds. If you type in the Google right now, the world's most dangerous jobs, the interwebs will will kick out a a list of jobs. It'll, It'll say things like, underwater welder. Or you may read, deep sea fisherman, Or an oil field worker. Or maybe even a snake milker. Those guys milk snakes. To turn their venom into anti-venom. But nowhere on that list would you find the word shepherd. Nowhere. Shepherds don't appear to have a dangerous job. But let me tell you, in Jesus' time, being a shepherd was an extremely dangerous job. I think it would have made it to the top of the list. We had to navigate Israel's wilderness. So when we think of of a shepherd, we think of this handsome man in a lush green field with a sheep all over running and the wind blowing through their wool. But that wasn't wasn't our reality. Our reality is that we needed to navigate this rocky and hilly Israeli wilderness. It was dangerous and every day at sunrise and at sunset, the hills would cast a shadow into this dark place that we call the valley of the shadow of death. It was every shepherd's nightmare that we may potentially lead our flock over one of those hills and kill them all. Extremely dangerous. I and mean, then sometimes you'd have to navigate at night. And if you were lucky, there'd be a full moon. And then there would be some light, and you may just be able to navigate your flock safely. You may think, if there's no full moon, why don't you just camp over easy peasy? You couldn't camp over because you were herding sheep, and they don't stay where they're supposed to stay, and they would wander off in the dark, and then they would get nervous when they were lost, and then they would... They would bleat at the top of their lungs and would signal every single predator in the surrounding area, free dinner. Extremely, extremely dangerous. We had to fight off wolves and lions. We had to make sure that animals don't die in this extremely dangerous valleys. We had to constantly look over our backs to make sure the Egyptians aren't hunting us. Because what happens if we accidentally grazed in their fields? One could say that it was our job, the job of a shepherd, was to be in a constant state of fear. It was our jobs to be fearful. One could even say that it was our jobs to face our fear. I remember a moment It's captured in a book somewhere. I'm gonna read it to you. Moment that we were extremely fearful. I don't know if you can remember, Rick. I'm gonna read it to you. It's in Luke 2, chapter 2, verse 8 to 10. It says, and there were shepherds living out in the field nearby. That was us. Keeping watch over their flocks. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone Around them, and they were terrified. We were terrified. I mean, it was our jobs to be afraid, we were scared all the time. But that night, we encountered a fear that absolutely terrified us. Can you imagine being in the dark with a few friends having a laugh, and the next moment, you're completely surrounded by the glory of the Lord, and before you stands this angelic being. Something you've never seen in your life before. And we were absolutely terrified. That wasn't the end of that story. But the angel said to us, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. I love those words. Can you imagine being a shepherd and being in a constant, constant state of fear? What's your job? And to have someone come to you and say, do not be afraid. I mean, I know he was speaking about that moment. I know he was speaking to us about the the glory that we experienced in this strange creature that we've never seen before. But I think there was a prophetic word over all of us, over all of us, that we no longer need to be afraid. Now I know many of you sitting here today any of you watching at home, you may be experiencing fear right now. You may even be experiencing terror. You may be absolutely terrified. Maybe it's the season. Maybe it's life in general. But if that's you today, if you're saying, I am in a state of fear and I don't know what to do about it, won't you allow just for a moment, wherever you are, Maybe you need to close your eyes. Maybe you just need to focus on maybe this picture of an angel appearing, being completely surrounded by the glory of the Lord. Won't you allow, right now, the presence of God to bring you great joy and peace. And won't you hear these words from the Lord? Do not be afraid unto us a child is born. I would like to pray for you right now, wherever you are. will not you close your eyes and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this moment, the moment that your Son, Jesus Christ, was born. Thank you for this moment that we get to read this message about that we no longer need to be afraid. And I pray for every single one watching and listening right now. My prayer is, that you would bring them great joy, that you would remove their fear and give them peace, the peace that surpasses all knowledge. Amen.
3: What what a night. I mean, everything changed. It's true, it was divine. I mean, God pitched up. I, I mean, just, you know, it's so easy to forget. But the truth is, shepherding isn't fun. Seriously, shepherding is a hard thing to do. I mean, you've talked about it, the shame, the embarrassment, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the fear, eh, Jacques? There was a lot of fear all the time in our hearts. And then we heard that thing. Then we heard that amazing being that angel, and he said to us, don't be afraid, because I bring you good news of great joy to all the people. And that was a big one for us. That was big for us, because usually all didn't include us. I mean, the history is there. Usually all meant everybody else except the shepherds. But but we were being told all. And not only were we being told all, but we were being promised real joy. I mean real, genuine joy. And I, I mean, I know, you know, we are who we are now, and we're famous. We've got the bling. And we do experience a lot of joy right now, but it is kind of temporary. You know, those crowds, those crowds in the Colosseum, those, those journeys on the tour bus, I mean, it feels great. It really does at first. Having, having people scream your name and, and shout at you and, and imitate you on, on the YouTube and stuff but it doesn't last, it goes away. But We were being promised something different. We were being promised real joy. I can't remember which one of us it was, but, but I remember one of us said, hey, we can't stay here. We, we should do what those angels told us. And, and so we headed off. The book, I've got bits of it here with me, and it said this, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. I'm kind of glad we can't really remember whose idea it was, because I suspect that would have made whoever it is kind of proud of themselves, but it was one of us. And we started walking down and I remember how nervous we felt. I mean, none of us had like been in a maternity ward before. You know, you, you don't know what to do and, and, and what are you going to see? And, 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 and like you said before, Rick, the smell. And then we got there. And you know what was amazing? We weren't told to wait outside. We weren't told that we had to look in through the window. We weren't told to wait for everybody else. We were told to come right in. Wow. I can remember standing there, looking down at that baby. And I met joy. I remember looking into those eyes and knowing that in that moment, absolutely everything had changed. Because we, a bunch of shepherds, a bunch of losers, people that nobody cared about, had been invited right in to see the birth of the savior of the world. We met joy. It's easy to feel excluded. It's so easy to think this isn't really about me. This is about somebody else, surely. But that's not what God said. God said, I bring you good news of great joy that will be to all people. You do know that that means you. You do know that that means me. That 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 means all of us. I don't know if you are full of shame today. I don't know if you're full of fear. You may even be full of joy. But you are invited to meet the Savior. You are invited into that, that room. And to look down at that baby and know that you have met the savior of the world. And he has come to give you joy eternal. <laughs> I tell you what, eh? We wanted to stay, but we had to leave. There were other people, they were what are those, those guys those. With the crowns and stuff, they were waiting outside and, and they moved us on and we went out. And I can remember the first thing we did was we went to tell as many people as we could. Why? Because our lives had been changed forever. We had met joy. I want to invite you today, whoever you are, Meet Jesus, the Savior of the world, the bringer of joy. Oh Lord Jesus, as we celebrate your word, your, your birth today, as we celebrate this world that you stepped into to change forever, Lord, as we celebrate this message of good news, great joy to all people, God. May we take it to ourselves, and may we not stop there, Lord. May we give it away, because this is good news and great joy to all.